like the thing is like if you look at like TikTok, Instagram, like all these viral videos, you're just like someone recording it, but the content behind it is the funny part. So yeah, yeah. So I tell people like you just, I don't, I'm not sure how you like maybe be creative, like, uh, <laughs> but like it doesn't need. To, it's I always tell people it's not about like the equipment in the beginning, and I think right. a lot of people sometimes get caught up on that. Like I mean, you probably know like. It's like, okay, if I, I can, like, at least for me, I remember like, I can only program if I have like the late, latest MacBook Pro. Okay, yeah. like, cool. It's yep. like, it's like you make these crazy excuses for yourself not to do something, right. but really it's like, you just need to sit down and start typing. Hi, and welcome to Startup Marketing, the podcast created with female founders in mind. I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, and I'm a marketing coach who teaches female startups how to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I spent 10 years working in the corporate world before starting Authentic, and no matter where I'm working, I love branding and marketing. And now I'm here to break down my exact blueprint to starting a business, branding it, and marketing it for growth. Together, we can build something crazy successful. Let's get started. Welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited for today's episode because I have a fellow marketer as my guest. This episode was really fun for me to record, and I think it's going to give you a really great perspective about marketing as a craft in general. While there's an art and a strategy to great marketing, there are many ways to approach the same problem. You'll hear that throughout this conversation. Today, my guest is Kevin Yeruchia. Kevin is the co-founder of New York-based Voy Media, who specializes in creating Facebook and Instagram ads that are sophisticated and super creative. Kevin's team are usually half on site and half around the world. During lockdown, they have all been working remotely. Kevin also has his own podcast, Digital Marketing Fastlane, which helps you to build, launch, grow, and scale successful online businesses. Kevin has been featured on Forbes, Adweek and given keynote presentations at several New York City digital marketing events. I'm super excited today to talk to Kevin about how he grew his businesses using digital marketing and the advice he has for entrepreneurs who are starting their own journeys. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Kevin, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Hey, Caitlin. Thanks Thanks for having me today. Of course. So tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about your background, what it is you do, because you have a lot that you can talk about. Yeah. So my name is Kevin Yerutia. I grew up here in, in New York, but my background, traditionally, I went to college for computer science. So I was a computer science major and then also was a graphic design minor. Um, so growing up, I was always interested in like computers and kind of doing things, but I didn't, I didn't really know what computer science was. I just thought it was like the thing that made sense to me because I wanted to like make video games. <laughs> so that's what I was like, okay, let me go figure it out. And I was like kind of learning programming in high school, but I wasn't like, I didn't really know what it really meant, but I knew that I kind of wanted to do something in the startup space. And at this time I was reading like all this stuff in like Silicon Valley of like, hey, it's all these computer science people that are programming, programming and making things. So I was like, oh, okay, I want to do that too. So that's kind of what really led me into computer science. I, really, I never really knew anybody that was into this major. I just kind of looked it up and I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense to me. Um, so then I went there for college in Binghamton, upstate New York. And, and when I was there, I learned more about computer science. And I realized that what I thought computer science was, was versus with what I wanted to do was two very different things. Computer science was more like the theory of computers, um, C++, Java, kind of like the backend technologies. Yeah. Um, and, but I realized what I wanted to do was more the front end stuff, like the HTML, the CSS, the JavaScript, the sort of dynamic way things are built on a web. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to make. And then I realized that 
I just have to go and learn that myself. So in college, I started just researching uh, PHP, like database stuff. And eventually I, I stumbled upon this thing called like Ruby on Rails, which is like a really great programming language with a great framework to build websites. And then that's when I really started to just like it even more because it made development so much easier. But even then in college, I was still kind of like trying to build stuff, like little startups or ideas because I was like, oh, I just want to make something. And I think that's sort of how I've always wanted to do. Like I saw Twitter. I was like, oh, I want to make like a Twitter clone. So I created like a Twitter <laughs> clone, right? Just like to just try yeah. it, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's try it. Uh, but that's what, that's kind of how I was always kind of thinking about it. And like in back of my mind, I've always wanted to do something. And even in college, Wilson, uh, my friend, uh, we, ha- we started our own uh, web development agency in college called One Tiny Bit. And this was us just trying to do something like, oh, sure. I want to get paid to like make stuff because <laughs> I was like, I like doing it, but maybe I'll make some money too. Right. So then that's, yeah. So like we started our, our, our web development agency there and we literally had like no clue what was going on. Like, I think like, <laughs> I think like yeah, it's like we have to do sales. We have to do right. like, it's, it's just interesting looking back because it's like, where you're just like, okay, like we can't say, we have to like look, make these contracts. So it looks like we're a legit brand, right? legit company, right? It's like, <laughs> right, right. So, it's so crazy. Yeah. And then like, were you guys people, successful? So we did it for like a year and we actually, it's, I never really thought about it until like I was started talking more. I was like, we actually hired like an employee to work for us when we we're in college and he was in high school. So it's like, <laughs> it like the weirdest thing. Cause like we never thought about it. But the thing about it, I always tell people is uh, I met some guy named John and he hired me. He was the first one to hire us. And me and him are like really good friends now. And we always talk. And it's like crazy how like this is like a 10-year relationship that started from something that was just like a project. And then right. me and him always talking about things. He's always introducing me to other friends. And uh, he's also into like the startup space like me. So it was just like so random that like I just like think back of like what we were doing, like cold emailing. We were doing contracts. People were coming to our college to like talk to us because we're looking for working like local people in the area in Binghamton. Sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically after a year, we're just like, hey, this isn't really going to go anywhere, but like it was fun. And then obviously <laughs> right. we're like, we, let's apply to real jobs, right? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So that's, that's interesting. And I know a little bit about um, kind of where you went in, in your career kind of after that. So that gives me a little insight into how, how you kind of made that transition. So tell us a little bit about you've, you've worked for companies like Mint and um, you've transitioned from the software space into marketing space. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your career and just kind of how you've made this transition from one space to another. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I always tell people is I always wanted to go to Silicon Valley. And that was the dream since like high school of, hey, this is where everybody's raising money. This is where I think I need to be at. So for me, that was always my dream. And I tell people all the time, like when I was in college, I had an offer to work at ESPN in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And I was- from Connecticut. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I I was like, oh, uh, I forgot the area in Connecticut was, but I went to the ESPN office. And at this time it was- I also I was dating somebody for four years in college and she also went to, was going to go to UConn because she just got accepted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for her, I was like, oh, this is the perfect thing for us. But for right. me, in my mind, I was just like, whoa, like, this is not what I want. Like, Yeah. Uh, what were you, what was the offer at ESPN? Um, it was going to be like, I think at the time was 90,000 to be like a web developer. So it was, okay. it was, it was like what I wanted to do. Sure. Uh, but what I didn't want was like, for me, I was just like, whoa. So there's two things that I always tell people it's, 
when I did the interview, I thought the interview was too easy. So I was just like, if this is the interview, I don't think I'm going to learn much. And then I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that was like just me myself. Like I was like, right. thinking about like the growth of learning. I was like, Hey, like, I was like, I thought they were asking me very basic questions. I was like, I, if this is the question for the interview, I was like, maybe it's not going to be that hard working here. And I don't want that. I'm like, I'm just sure. graduated from college. I want to be challenged. And I was like, I can't stay here. Like, I just like, didn't like see myself. And I also, I didn't really, I didn't think it was like going to be a good like startup hub for like what I wanted to do in my career, yeah. which is like work with like other entrepreneurs. I was like, this would be great if I was just like much older and I wanted to settle down, but this is not what I want right now. Yeah. Um, so then then I got the offer at Mint and I was just like, okay, great. It's Silicon Valley. It's exactly what I wanted. And then I, and I went there and I went to, and I went to California without ever being there. I'd never visited the state. I just knew that in my heart, I wanted to go there. And this is where I felt like I could learn the most and, and be around people that can push me so that um, I can make my own thing later on in life. Yeah. So yeah. And then I went to Mint. I was there for I was there, so I went to Mint, and I lived in San Francisco. So I wanted to live in the city, but then I lived out in, I worked out in Silicon Valley, which is, I, lived, I worked out in Mountain View. So I was pretty much commuting from the city to Mountain View every day. It was like an hour commute each way. Yeah. Um, uh, there, it was very interesting because it's like, I had all these perceptions, like what it was going to be like, but it was very, I, I learned a lot, like what I liked, what I didn't like, uh, working with people. Just you kind of get, I always tell people like you're kind of, taught how to work like how to write an email like Mm -hmm. it's like basic stuff like you don't really for me I don't realize how much you like need to go through that stuff like write an email how to talk to people how to do stand-ups right all this like yeah all this like work etiquette that like you have to like you can't just not show up right it's like it's like all this (laughs) stuff yeah I trust me it's it's interesting I say that because we now hire people and I'm like, whoa, like you don't know how to do this basic stuff. I was like, and then <laughs> right. I talked to, and I talked to Wilson all the time with a partner and he used to work at Google and Salesforce. And we're like, yeah, maybe it's because like we were, we worked at corporate and it's like, there is like this etiquette there that like you're somehow taught and you're like, or at yes. least like you're like, you're looking at other their, their team members. Like, okay, that's how I do an email. That's how I say like a prayer, my follow up. Like, okay, that's how you be a nice, yes. yeah. like, right. all this nice way stuff. <laughs> right. right? The, yeah. the corporate yeah. way of getting yeah. through through a professional relationship. Yeah, no, I totally, yeah. I totally understand. I can, I can look back at my career and I can see, you know, where I learned all of those things. And then um, before, you know, at the end of my corporate career, I was managing four people and one of them, um, she was a really fantastic young college graduate. She interned with us and then we hired her right, right out of the gate. And it was exactly, it was a lot of like, Hey, here's how you here's how you do this, you know, because she would be like, I need I need to get somebody, you know, going on a project, or I need an answer, or I need, you know, she just she didn't know. You kind of take for granted yeah. um, the things that you learn, and so it was a lot of like teaching exactly that. Thankfully, you know, she was she was a very responsible and accountable girl, so I didn't have to worry about her showing up. <laughs> um, yeah. But definitely to kind of go and say, oh yeah, this this is how you you know kind of kind of gently reprimand someone who's yeah. maybe not doing what they're supposed to be doing for you or you move a project along and and yes i i can yeah. see that i can remember back to those days too so um so what advice do you have i think it's really i love the concept of making sure that an interview or whatever you're thinking about doing career wise challenges you um but what would you say to someone who is thinking of leaving the corporate world and pursuing 
either a startup environment, um, which, you know, I suppose is probably still corporate, but a lot different than maybe an established corporate environment um, or pursuing entrepreneurship? I think for me, so I really liked working at Mint and I thought it was a really great job there, but I knew internally that I didn't like it. And the reason why I tell people all the time was I really wanted to work like eight to like 10 PM every day at that stage Mm -hmm. of my life. Right. Yeah. So I knew that because that's what I read about. Like I was reading books, I was reading stories, my other friends were doing it. And for me, that felt exciting and cool. Like, Hey, like we're all working together for like, you know, 12, 14 hours a day in Mm -hmm. a room trying to build something that like, and that for me was like what I wanted where other people. So for Mint, that was more very structured. Like it was really nine to five. Like, and I say nine to five, I mean, it was just like, we maybe did like four hours of real work. And that's how we were, um, when we had to do like our estimations for projects at the company, that's what they told us. Like, Hey, like, yes, we have nine to five, but really between all the meetings, between lunch breaks, between you guys mm-hmm. just kind of hang, hanging out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The like yeah. all the corporate stuff yeah. that happens behind the scenes. Yeah. So that, that I was like, okay, for me, I was like, well, this is so crazy. And then I was just, when I was there, I was like, okay, that makes sense because I get to work at nine by nine 30, we're having coffee still with the coworkers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a stand up. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, you have one hour work. And it's like, oh, well, it's lunchtime. Let's go to the cafeteria, right? <laughs> it was like, it just like, doesn't, it didn't make sense for me. But then when I was in there, I was like, okay, I can see how it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By four o'clock, you're like, wow, like, well, it's almost time to go home. I only have like 45 minutes because we got to pack. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like crazy. And I tell people all the time, it's like, it's like oh, but for me, I, 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 I tell people all the time, it was so great working at me. But I knew that still in my mind, I was just like, on the weekends and when I was going back home to San Francisco, my roommate was working at a startup and he wouldn't come home until like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And he's just like, yeah, like we're just like all working together. I was like, wow, I felt jealous. I was like, this is what I wanted. Sure. Um, so then like eventually after like six or seven months, seven months, I was like, I left Mint to go work at a startup because I wanted that feeling. So I guess my advice is for people, it's just know what you want and try to go achieve it. Like if you want that nine to five, there's so many great companies like that. At that time in my life, I wanted like that eight to 10 working on something new, working on something exciting, uh, kind of being in the same sort of mindset of people like that, that wanted that too. Because if you're all into that mindset, it just gets easier versus like, I mean, you always know, like, let's say you want to work and someone else doesn't want to work. It's like a school project. It's like, oh, right. it's like, it's like, oh, come on. Like, just like, let's just be in it together. And it's so much, feels so much better when all your team members also want to have this goal together and try to find that with any company that you work for. So I think that's sort of something that's an advice. Just like know what you want and try to go and achieve it. And if you want nine to five, go do it. There's so many great companies out there. If you want the eight to 10, go to a startup and yeah, maybe you'll like may not make as much money, but I think for me, I was optimizing for more learning and just seeing right. like how, how can I, how can I learn more quicker versus like the traditional path of like, okay, one year you'll learn this. I'm like, no, like at Zar- when I was at Zarly, which is the other startup I went to, I was pretty, that's kind of how I got more into the marketing because I was, brought onto like the marketing team there, even though they're like, yeah, I've never done it. They're like, okay, but you can learn it. Or I was like, you can, you're probably smart. I was like, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So what, a, what an interesting, interesting way to transition from, I mean, web development is, yeah. is really kind of tandem to marketing. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of a perfect segue for my next question. You, you transition then from kind of software and web development into more of the digital marketing. So is that, was that kind of the point in your career was with that job and um, kind of tell us a little bit about 
what, I mean, it sounds like you just kind of dove right in. Um, So tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah. So really the transition. So when I was at Zarly, I thought it was great that I was doing marketing because for the longest time, kind of as I said before, I was like building stuff, like all these side projects and side Mm -hmm. things, but I can never get any traction. Like I never knew how to find users. So one of the biggest things that I kind of was a mistake in my thinking back then was I always thought, hey, if you have a great product or service, people are just going to find you and they're right. just going to like use you. Yep. And I always thought that. And that's because like back then, like companies like Dropbox or for example, or Twitter were like the first ones to come out. And it's like, yeah, sure. this makes sense. Yeah, but people just flock to them. Just flock to them. Yeah. So I was like, and then I always read like, oh, you have a great product, they have product market fit. Like you don't need to advertising. Advertising is for people that like don't have something good, right? And I, I truly believe that until like, until like much later and I was like, wow, this is like really bad mindset to think about, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And yes. And so then eventually I was like, okay, I got to actually learn marketing. And I realized that like that, that's, that message that people would say, like you don't need good marketing is itself marketing because they're behind the scenes. There actually are marketing that you're saying like, we just, we're just so good that we don't need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, yeah, yes. it's like, but I didn't realize that. Like, I'm like, yeah, like people say that because it's like mm-hmm. a marketing message. It's like, oh yeah. Like I don't, I don't, it's like Apple, right? People are like, oh, Apple never advertises, but like they, they advertise a lot. Like it's yes. just right. Yeah. But like, yeah. they have that like really great persona of their products are so good that they don't need to advertise, but it's, yeah, they have a lot of ads everywhere, billboards or anything like that. Right. But, it's a very strategic um, yeah. thing that's happening on the back end. Marketing is very much like a, a science and an art. Um, and when you get people who are like, oh, I don't, we don't market, we don't have to do that. Like, like you said, there's, there's tons of people working very hard behind the scenes and they're obviously very good at their yeah. job if they can make it look like they don't have it, to market or advertise. Exactly. And I tell people, and I was like, that's so, once I thought about that, I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. And that's like just a marketing message that someone at the company has decided to do. But that's kind of how I got into more marketing is a mix of, at Zarly, I was exposed to it when I was working with the marketing team. But at the same time, it clicked to me when I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm building all this stuff. Me and Wilson were building stuff, but we can never get users. And then I started reading more like books on traction, how to grow your company. And I was like, okay, like you actually need to be thinking about like SEO, pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, you, actually need to be, you actually need to be thinking about like marketing messages. Like you can't just say like this random word that no one's heard about because no one will know what the thing is you're selling. So right. It's like, yeah, it's like clearly define your... USPs and uh, and uh, and the thing too, I, I think a lot of thing I've learned too is that when you're looking at some of these companies, for example, Slack. I'll, I'll mention Slack. Slack, for example, Slack's a big company now. Yeah. If you look at this company, then you have your startup. I see a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want to make my website like Slack, like so clean and simple." I'm like, Slack is also like a five hundred million dollar company. You're like mm-hmm. a like a maybe a hundred dollar company. Like you, your your landing page probably needs to be like more cluttered, more stuff to sort of the value. Like Slack has proven the value through like word of mouth yes. and everything. So I don't think, I always tell people like, you can't compare, you can't make a company like a Slack or a Casper versus yeah. like your small startup. It's like a very different marketing messaging. Um, you don't have millions of dollars to spend on all this like branding and awareness where you need to have like good USP. So that's something that I've, I see a lot of people make mistakes of. It's like, they compare themselves to like this, like beast i'm like you can't be a nike but it's like <laughs> right like, right yeah. Yeah. yeah nike nike has yeah. so much brand equity and so so much time and energy behind getting to that yeah. point um yeah no i i i see that a lot too or even just um 
foregoing a website altogether and thinking that like, you know, if I have my Facebook page, then people will find me and they will understand the value of the services that I bring or the value of my product or whatever it is. Um, When in reality, like you, you need to be able to kind of explain all of that stuff and um, there's a, there's a lot of investment that goes into your website, but I think it's really, to me, yeah. it's one of the like critical elements of, of really getting yourself out there. And I think it's so important what you said. It's, I think people are so afraid to show people like, Hey, this is who I am. Like, let's say you're a writer, like say I'm the number one writer for like, you know, fantasy novels, like show, tell people, like the people don't right. know. Like, uh, I think it's, I think I always tell people like, if someone doesn't know you or your company, what is the, what do you want them to know about you? And they just mentioned like people are afraid to brag, but you need to show off what you know and how you can do things because that's the only way um, someone can be like, okay, I want to work with the best. And that's, that's right. you. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a hard transition to, or a hard, a hard mindset to get into sometimes. Cause I think we're it's so ingrained to like not brag and, you know, tout your expertise and stuff like that. But you kind of have to get into this uncomfortable space. And I know I still struggle with it sometimes to kind of be like, no, no, really, I'm, I'm good at what I do. And here's, yeah. here's why, here's my experience. Here are the things that I've done. Um, so I, to, to get to that space, I guess, if you're listening and you're struggling, I, I finally just ended up hiring somebody to write everything on my website. Yeah. And she, and she pushed me and was like, you, you have to give me, you have to give me more, like, you know, to get to a point where it was like, here's, here is my expertise. Here's why I'm good at what I do and why you would want to work with me and the services that I offer. So I absolutely. Um, and it makes more sense too. And I think, I, I think for me, it's look at anything. It's kind of what you say. It's like mindset for me. I would sometimes see other people and I'm like, wow, like everything there's this person or is like an expert. And I'm like, but I know I've done so much more than them. I was like, what are they doing? I was like, what are they <laughs> right. doing? Yeah, it's like, it's like more just like yourself, like sometimes looking at other people and be like, like, wow, like, you know them. I'm like, I know that 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 what they're saying is not, not fake, but it's also not tr- really true. I'm like, but I've yeah. done more. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes you just got to get over it. But like, hey, people are doing it. You have to, you have to do it or else, else not you're gonna be left behind. No, for sure. Absolutely. So was your what kind of marketing were you doing in your first marketing position? So when we were, so when I was at Zarly, I was doing, so when I was at Zarly, it was like a mix of part of the marketing team, part of still the backend team. So when I was programming, I was doing a lot of the checkout flows of how to someone check out kind of like, obviously everybody knows Shopify right now. It has like a standard checkout. We were at that time, Zarly was like a home services company and we were building this whole like custom infrastructure. So I was helping with the checkouts. Um, but another thing I was also doing with them when I was working with the marketing team is I was helping with a lot of their email stuff. And when I say email, it was more like these dynamic emails of when someone visits a products, um, someone would automatically get triggered in email says, Hey, we saw that. So Zarly, if you don't know, it's like a home services company I mentioned before. Yeah. Let's say you visited like a cleaning, cleaning service that we have. You get an email maybe three hours later that says, Hey, we saw that you're looking at cleaning services in like Kansas City. Here are the top three vendors, right? So mm-hmm. we were making these kind of like dynamic type of ad, uh, email campaigns. So yeah. um, I was helping with the implementation of that, making sure we got the data back to the service we're using, and then just making sure that uh, we're passing all the variables correctly to the system. And then 
well, just like making sure that they were, they were sending out, right? So scheduling the emails. So I did that for a little bit. Uh, really in the beginning, I was mostly kind of, uh, it's kind of what you said before. I was mostly kind of helping out with like the implementation of all these tags. And for me, when I was doing this, I was like, wow, I'm working with the marketing team. I was like, I feel like marketing is pretty getting really technical. It's like, it's kind of interesting to me how a lot of people in the marketing team don't know how to do this. And mm-hmm. for me, that I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, hmm, maybe I could learn marketing because I feel like in a few years, I was just like, it's going to be all like this digital uh, tech type of mix. And I was like, maybe if I can do like, and I already have my computer science sort of background right. degree. Uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll learn it. And I was like, and then that's really when, like, it's like all these, like, I think for me, it's like, just these little thoughts I have when like, you're just like walking by yourself and you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, eh, I could totally, yeah. I could totally do this. Yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. And I think it's, it's nice because you have kind of the, the mindset or not the mindset, but, um, you kind of, you already had the interest in the computer science part of it, which I think, um, you know, if you were a marketer, in in the industry like around the time that i mean social media when i first started my career social media was was brand new right and so if you've been in the marketing industry for a while and you've kind of seen the evolution of marketing to include digital marketing it's um it can be intimidating but to kind of already have like an interest and um the desire to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to tinker and learn and build and break. I think it's kind of like positions you perfectly to be able to be really successful in digital marketing. Yeah. And I think, and I think exactly it's like, I was, I was, people always tell me like, Oh, like how'd you, I was always building stuff and I knew it wouldn't work, but it was more of that mindset of it could work or it couldn't work. And it was like, okay, like I, I never got too upset when I built something. I just felt like, oh, I learned something like programming. Yeah. Oh, I learned how to do like, I learned how to add a user. I learned how to create a user. I learned how to send a forgotten email. I was like, it's like all these like little things that you just kind of learn. Um, and it's kind of what you said. It's like that tinkering, I think is so important because I think sometimes people want to do their own thing. They're like, I got to do the right the first time. I'm like, yeah. I've been failing for like 10 years. So I was like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I know I tell, I tell all of my clients when we first start working together, like I have to remind them, you know, like marketing is not a silver bullet. Like if we all, if marketers knew exactly what to do to get the perfect response and like meet the sales goal or the business goal or solve that problem, like the very first time, like we'd all be mega millionaires somewhere like living on an awesome island together but like you really marketing is about kind of that tinkering and building and breaking and tweaking along the way um to really kind of understand what resonates with your ideal customer and how are you going to get there and it really kind of parallels too into like the 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 mindset you have to be in when you're an entrepreneur as well because like, you know, you have to be able to kind of get comfortable building and yeah. breaking a lot of different things, like, you know, the, the backend process to get a client onboarded and things like that. So, um, yeah, you just kind of, you, you've got to, you got to kind of buckle up when you yeah. start working on your own marketing and really just get comfortable with understanding that it's, it's going to take a little bit of a while. Yeah. And it's so funny you said that too, because cli- I mean, you probably have it too, like clients or partners, they'll be like, Hey, like, 
how do you like can you guys prove to me that like, how can you guys like how do you guys know it will work i'm like well i don't know if it'll work like i say i, I literally i literally say the same thing that you say i'll be like if i knew it would work i wouldn't be like doing this i'll be making my own companies because that's like 100 percent guaranteed right? Like, right like okay yeah i'm like <laughs> yeah i'm like i wish i knew like but i'm gonna like but based on my experience my expertise i'm right, gonna try right. my best because i think anybody wants to just try their best right and try to make it work right but, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, yes, like at a, at a certain point, I, my expertise, you know, gets me so far, but you, you can have confidence in working with somebody with a marketing person, because at least we've got kind of the knowledge and the expertise yep. of like where to go and what to do so that hopefully it's not a complete and total waste of your investment and your dollars and things like that. So, um, you, so you, you started working in marketing. Now you have a company, Voy Media, which is an agency in New York City. So tell us a little bit more about how you kind of got to the point where you're like, hey, I'm going to start my own agency and tell us about Voy and things like that. Um, the strategies that you see startup businesses using to get their traction and gain a larger audience and kind of how that influenced or if it did influence the creation of Voy. Yeah. So Voy Media, so after a kind of so quick sort of story is after I left Silicon Valley, um, I was like 25 at the time, I started my cleaning company called Made Sailors. And I was doing that mm -hmm. for two years. And then I went to start my own e-commerce company called Montum. So we're selling like hiking poles and trekking poles. Um, and then Wilson at the time, I keep mentioning Wilson because Wilson runs the agency with me, but he's also been my best friend since college. He yeah. left, he left Salesforce to do his own e-commerce company as well. And he was doing well, well on it. And then like, eventually like he was traveling the world and then we like kind of were talking again, we're like, Hey, like you want to do like an agency again? Like, and really that came out of just like, I want to, I want to keep building stuff, but like, I just don't have the effort or the time to do it. So mm -hmm. I want to maybe work with other founders that, that can do it. Because for me, I was still kind of curious of like, I think it's anybody like, you're still curious on like what works, what doesn't work, what yeah. products you can make. And I think that's just like uh, some things people have I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm interested in other things. Like I was always going to startup events, startup meetings. So I was like, Hey, what if we make an agency that can, that we can help founders. Uh, and then if, if it's a good product and we see that there's traction, maybe we can invest in them. For us, it was like kind yeah. of like an investment way to say like, invest. Oh, cool. but, uh, so that's kind of like where Voy kind of started, at least the concept of it was like, I want to invest into companies at this time. And at the same time, but I also want, I knew that money was kind of pointless unless they had like a good marketing strategy. And I was like, oh, we can kind of, maybe we build that expertise and then use that um, with the money, right? So it's like, so that, right. that's kind of like that whole concept of what we thought about. Um, so that's the concept. It's not what it is right now, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like anything. It's like, yeah, I was like, okay, this is perfect. Anyways, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, so Voy focuses a lot on um, like Instagram, Facebook ads, and that creative, what else is that? Is that kind of the bread and butter of Voy, or is there what else does Voy focus on for those founders? Yeah, so that's pretty much the, our main bread and butter at the moment. And it's yeah. something that we're trying to figure out like what's so maybe a year ago, we were mainly, at least I always tell people like you're, you're always constantly changing no matter what business mm -hmm. you're in. Mm -hmm. A year ago, we were really focused just on Facebook ads, as in the manual like toggles of the buttons yeah. on Facebook. But within like a few months, we saw that Facebook was making it much easier. And we're like, whoa, like if we don't like reinvent ourselves, like we're not gonna be like, have a job, right? Cause like, <laughs> right. all right. So then, yeah. 
So then I always tell people like, you always gotta be a little bit afraid. Like if you're not afraid, you're like, you're not like innovating or thinking about it. Like, like I would, me and Wilson are like, what happens if like Facebook just automates all this? Like where can, right. where, what, what is our expertise? So then we realized that we really had to focus on the creative stuff of the ads and the, and the yeah. videos. So then we, we were realizing like, no matter what, Facebook can't automate like being comedy, humor, uh, good mm-hmm. script writing, good filming, right? They can make the editing very easy, but the raw content, you still need humans behind that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we've then focused our sort of mission. For, like, yes, we'll do their Facebook ads, but then we're also going to be creating the ads that convert for you with right. a direct response. And now for us here at Boy, the biggest thing that we've done is really build out our creative team. I have creative directors, uh, movies, script writers, copywriters, all focus on kind of making these, like we call them like mini movies. Yeah. Uh, so that's really where we focus. And, and going back to kind of what you said about like what startup advice I would have for founders. I think as a founder, I think that you need to be thinking yourself as like more like a media company with really building expertise with photography, videography, and content mm-hmm. generation in-house because that's going to help you with any of these platforms, especially if you're doing Facebook ads or YouTube ads, it's all visual. Um, and it's not as hard. I tell you, it's not as hard as like you think there's so many writers out there. Um, for example, that, that need a job. Another way to do is comedians, right? Comedians are great yeah. writers. So <laughs> you can, yeah, yes. So you can, you can hire these people to like make stuff for you. Like be like shows personality. There's so many of these like writing type of jobs out there. So I, I think the biggest thing I see for companies uh, and the ones that the ones that at least for us have the most successful is like they are they make creative and and content generation a part of like like their company and they like, they hire these people in house. It's not like yeah. a side. It's not like a side thought as it was maybe ten years ago. Like oh, let me go find a photographer online and pay him for like a session, right? It's right. Like now it's like you constantly to have this person like on um, retainer pretty much or like basically a full time employee. Yeah. So I, I I totally agree. I. I think having super creative content, having really amazing content is what gets you noticed, especially if you're in a very crowded space online. But what would you, what advice would you give to smaller businesses? You know, if I'm a solopreneur, I'm starting up, um, you know, and I, I don't have a ton of money to invest in an agency or even freelancers at this point. How do you how do you break through that clutter? And what advice would you give someone to say start start here? Yeah, I think for, for someone that's just starting out, I think for you, if you still need to be thinking about content creation and how to do it, I think that you don't need to get all this ex- expensive equipment. Really, you can go get a light box on Amazon for like 30, 40 bucks, and mm-hmm. then just use your camera to take photos or videos. But I don't. I also tell people like you don't need to have this like crazy production quality. I always tell people like, look at yeah. stuff like TikTok where stuff just goes viral because it's just super creative. It's just all you need to, you just really need to like write down stuff and thoughts and ideas and see how you can be creative about the stuff that you're making. Um, like the thing is like, if you look at like TikTok, Instagram, like all these viral videos are just like someone recording it, but the content behind it is the funny part. So yeah. Yeah. So I tell people like, you just, I don't, I'm not sure how you like, maybe be creative like uh, <laughs> but like it doesn't need to, it's I was people it's not about like the equipment in the beginning and I think right. a lot of people sometimes get caught up on that like I mean you probably know like it's like okay if I, I can like at least for me I remember like I can only program if I have like the late, latest MacBook Pro okay yeah. like, it's yep. like it's like you make these crazy excuses for yourself not to do something right. but really it's like you just need to sit down and start typing like code like and then yeah yeah, yeah. so 
Um, but that's more just like maybe our creativity itself. Then there, it's like think about the stuff that you like that you really enjoyed. Like I always feel like fantasy stuff is always interesting. Like mm-hmm. Disney is all creative stuff. Yeah. Um, just like think about the stuff that you like and see why you like it, and and maybe try to replicate that. So like fantasy books, sci-fi books, get good ideas there, right? So yeah, absolutely. So you co-authored kind of continuing on this digital marketing um, train here, you co-authored a book called The Digital Marketing Made Easy, A to Z Growth Strategies and Key Concepts of Digital Marketing. So tell us more about what listeners can learn about in that book. And I suspect that it kind of ties into what you're saying here in terms of creating uh, creative content and things like that. So, so tell us a little bit more about what the book is about and, and how people can implement some of the things that you, you speak to in it. Yeah. So our book is called, yeah, Digital Marketing Made Easy. It's on Amazon, but really the core concept of the book is, is gifted to give founders or, you know, people that want to be entrepreneurs sort of like a introduction to digital marketing, we call it, and really to explain to them some of these concepts that, uh, they could be thinking about. So how the book is laid out, seven chapters, it's pretty short. Um, it's about, talks about content marketing and content marketing, we, we haven't talked too much here, but content marketing, I think is still the number one way to grow a company. Yeah. I love SEO. I love content marketing. I do a lot of SEO is like my background. Um, Cause that's kind of, I, that's how I started at Zarly. I was doing SEO sure. for them after, but obviously Void Media, we don't do any SEO for yeah. other clients. Um, but I still think for content marketing is a great way for people to understand. It's also the reason why I like content marketing too, because it's the cheapest way because you could, it's just your own time writing yeah. articles, key, doing keyword research on Google, right? So it's the easiest way, but also the longest and takes the most time. But it it's is. also, yeah. So obviously yeah. Facebook ads is like, eat like a burst of traffic and you can see, but I, I still think like, I tell founders, if you really want to grow your company, yes, do Facebook ads, but you need to have some sort of content marketing plan in the back end that you're slowly building up because eventually, uh, no matter what paid traffic you're using, it's going to become too expensive. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. I say, I say that all the time when I'm talking about various marketing concepts, you know, like when you are, when you're starting up, if you're, if you're going to go at it and say, okay, I, I don't have a marketing budget. And that's, that's totally fine. You can absolutely grow a business. You're going to do it through the process of content marketing, which is, you know, your social media and things like that. Um, blogging, uh, podcasting, whatever it is where you're literally creating content, but you're, you're in it for the long haul. When you have a content strategy, you absolutely should have one regardless of what your marketing budget is. But it's, it takes a long time to grow an organic audience. And so you just, you kind of have to know that going in. Otherwise you're super disappointed when yep. you're like, when you're yeah. like, what the heck? I've, I've published 10 Instagram posts. Why don't I have 12,000 followers yet? Um, so you just kind of have to be, be prepared for that. But the, the flip side of that is you know, when you are able to start investing in marketing, like you're saying, you know, with Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it is you're deciding to invest in, like it's really kind of having two complementary, complementary strategies together that you're executing on that really kind of accelerate your growth, I feel like. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. I, I, you, once you sort of realize that like content marketing is like 
going to take forever, then you're like, it's a long-term game. And, but then mm-hmm. the thing too, it's like, once you realize it works, you're like, wow, I wish you did more of it sooner. Right. It's yeah. like, yeah. It's, uh, it's like, so anyway, so yeah, we talk about content marketing and then I talk about landing pages. I think landing pages are a really interesting mm-hmm. uh, uh, thing to talk to people about just to show people like your homepage is a landing page, but you can yeah. make other landing pages that are more, uh, more marketing related, uh, clearer USPs. Um, and then of course we talk about creating ads and this one kind of goes into more of the channels like Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about uh, B2B sales. So as I said, so obviously most people have like B2C com- consumer companies, but I think yeah. B2B is interesting too. So we talk about some of the stuff that I did for my outdoor gear company, such as like, you know, cold calling, cold emailing. I think it's such an important uh, thing to be thinking about depending on your service or industry. Yeah. Uh, and then I have, then we talk about Facebook adver- advertising, um, just a big topic there, like about 50 pages on that topic. Uh, and then other things I talk about are more just about user onboarding, like how to onboard a user. And this is maybe me because we have like a programming background. That was a big thing for us. It's like when someone signs up for your website or service, yeah. what happens next? So yeah. you can think about it like, let's say someone purchases a product from you. What's the first email, right? So you can think about it like user onboarding slash email flows. Yeah. Um, and then Absolutely. last, yeah. And then the last chapter is just like A-B testing. Like I think more about like, you should be testing stuff and, and just like the mindset of, uh, let's say you have like this product description. Okay. What if you have another product description, what are the results? Right. So kind of thinking about it that too, but that's just like more mindset stuff. And then, yeah. And then that, that so basically it's like kind of like a great overview about all the sort of concepts that I think are so important for someone starting out. Yeah, no, totally. I've done, um, I've done separate episodes on a lot of the things that you're speaking about. So I'm going to link to those in the show notes. Um, but I know I'm excited even, even as a marketer who knows a lot of these things, I'm excited to kind of read through, um, read through the book. And I'm sure there's something that I'm going to take away and learn from it. And I think it really just kind of highlights that every, you know, when you're starting a company, every, every interaction, right. Ties back to your brand. Like, so once somebody signs up, you can't just leave them with crickets or even if they like started investigating you and maybe they, um, poked around on your website or they signed up for a newsletter or put themselves on your email list, making sure that like, you've got a work, an email workflow that automatically sends them more information or whatever, whatever it is that you need to accomplish, right? All of those points add up to really cementing your brand in, in their mind and kind of putting you at a better advantage. If they're not at the point where they're ready to make a decision that when they are, you're, you're a better advantage than somebody who had them sign up on an email list. And then they heard nothing from ever again. Yeah. They don't remember you. Yeah, exactly. And, and like something too, it's, I tell people sometimes with this, it seems like a lot to do at yeah. once. It's just like, you just take it slow by slow, uh, day by yeah. day. And it's like, you have your set up your emails, you set up your flows and eventually like, you'll be fine. And it's like, okay, you don't think about it too much, but yeah, yeah it's like yeah, all at once. It's like, yeah, sometimes you're just like crazy thinking about it. For sure. Yeah. Just exactly. Set it up and just kind of choose one thing at a time to tackle and if you need to like break that out into smaller tasks and like, you'll be humming along before you realize it, but it's, it sounds overwhelming and intimidating, but it's definitely something I think, especially those 
those of you who are starting out can absolutely learn to do on your own. Um, so what would you say are the top digital marketing strategies founders should be using to reach their ideal customers? Yeah, so for me, the top strategy, at least number one top strategy I tell people is think about how people are going to find your product on Google and sort of just the verbiage or the lingo that they sh that people are talking about mm -hmm. for your stuff. So I, I always tell people like, you need to be using something like Google Keyword Planner as the number one thing when you're you're trying to sell or describe your product. Um, I tell people sometimes they just have like their own sort of words or lingo that they mm -hmm. want to make up. But I'm like, no one Google searches for that. So like, you're not going to find right. it. And then, and the thing too, it's like, no, it doesn't mean that you can't be original, unique. You can just know that it requires more money and more time. So depending on if you have t more money than time, then go ahead and try to coin your own term, right? But if you are bootstrapped and you want to make money, then just go, just make, just use what people are searching for, right? You don't need to describe yeah. in this crazy way. So right, like, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Strip out the industry jargon because yeah. nobody, if if somebody's searching for your service, they yeah. they're not searching because they know everything. Yeah. So yeah. exactly, and it's like that's and I, and I always tell people too. It's another big thing is uh, sometimes people think that their products or services are unique, but I'm mm -hmm. like, no, like at least for me, like maybe for you too, like. I always tell people like people will spend so much time researching for something online, even if it costs like 10 to 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. So, so for example, like you're going to food, like I'm on Yelp looking at like 20 review sites for a go to get like a $10 food. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> so, right. So then I tell people like, Hey, if, if you have like a thousand dollar service, people are probably going to look up like service uh, brand reviews. So you yeah. should be thinking about how can I appear on all these review sites on all these review platforms, because people are going to make decisions based off that. So, and if yeah. you don't, and sometimes be like, no, people don't do that. I'm like, like you do it for, I do it for everything. Like no matter what I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to make sure I, anything I eat or buy, I need to get like 20 reviews first. <laughs> like, right. and then, then, so I tell people like, think about that and sort of like, what is that, what is that mindset of the buyer journey or the buyer mindset for you that, and then how do you appear on that stuff? So for, for example, for, we have our outdoor gear company, Montum, we made it a really big effort to, when people search for like trekking poles, trekking pole reviews. Sure. We made it a big effort to contact every of the top 50 on Google to try to get them our product so they can review our product. That way oh, when someone smart. searches for that, they'll find it. And I always, I always say this is more like uh, proactive marketing because let's say someone on this top reviewer list purchased from us and they didn't like it. They'll probably write us a bad review because they paid their own money. But yeah. because we reached out to them and we gave it to them for free, they're like, so like, if someone didn't like it, they're like, hey guys, I got your product. Thanks for it. But you know, I didn't like it. So I'm not gonna write anything. I'm like, oh, okay, great. No worries. Thank you. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. No, that's, that's actually really smart. I hadn't thought of it quite in that way. Um, so I'm actually making a note for myself. That's um, super interesting on, on another episode that I feel like I can kind of tangent off of. <laughs> um, so I feel like a lot of times, you know, Marketing is a lot to manage on your own, especially when it's not your expertise. And I know I started my business because I wanted to empower founders to feel like they can learn how to manage their own marketing. They can be confident in making marketing decisions because I think sometimes small businesses feel like they're kind of excluded from the marketing world. Like if as a founder, I don't know marketing, but I also can't afford an agency right now. It doesn't matter how badly I want to afford an agency. If I can't afford an agency right now, it kind of creates this feeling that like, 
I either have to learn how like this entire new industry, which I don't feel like I've got time to do, or it's really expensive. So they, they kind of shy away from marketing in general. And, and they're just like, okay, this is expensive. I don't have time for it. Like I'll figure it out on my own. My business will go grow regardless. So what advice do you have for owners who kind of find themselves wrestling with this idea that marketing is too expensive. I can't afford to work with an agency. I can't afford to hire somebody. Like what would you, I know what I would tell them. What would you tell them? (laughs) At least for me, I'll tell them if you're going to make this a big part of your business, you better buckle up and go through five books and learn how to do it because it's going to be so important for you and your business to grow. So you need to, this needs to be a priority, right? It's, it's like anything. It's like, you need to actually be like, Hey, I wanted to make this a thing for my company. So I need to actually learn. And my friend, it's so funny you said that because my friend right now, he has a company and he's going through this right now where he's just like, like looking through the campaigns, looking through the Facebook ads. And he's just like, well, this isn't as hard as I thought it is. I was like, yeah, look, it's not, it's, it's not that hard. It's not as hard as it is. It's, I think what it's more comes down to is like the time. It's like, once you learn it, it's more like, okay, I know what email campaigns are. I just don't have the time to write 20 sequences. Right. So it's like, so, but, but I still think for any founder or owner, I think you should learn the marketing aspects of it and the concepts of it, because it's so important for your business that, um, it just needs to make sense. I, I think it just, yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I think you just need to learn it. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally yeah. agree. I think like, and I've done an episode too on outsourcing, like it's totally, it's totally fine. If you, if you look at it and you go like, Hey, I don't, I don't have the time to learn how to do all of this stuff, then by all means, like outsource it, but it's not necessarily an option. I don't think to go, I'm not going to market my business at all. I don't have time to do it myself. So I'm not going to, but I'm also not going to pay someone else to do it for me because I mean, this is how like sales, people kind of think that sales and marketing are like one in the same, but really like you can't make a sale if you're not marketing your business and drawing people in. And so I, I feel like you've kind of got to, you have to pick one, but I think regardless of, you know, whether you decide to do it yourself or where you you'll obviously learn a ton and you'll know exactly what's going on with your marketing. But if you, if you decide to outsource it too, having, having an understanding of the basics of it and how it should work and what you should expect from it, I think is really critical because you want to be able to like have an intelligent conversation with the people you're outsourcing it to and really understand like, is this working for me? Is it not? Because you don't want to be wasting precious money on a marketing effort that doesn't work for you. Like, yeah, so it, I think you, you have to know about marketing regardless. Um, and you just, you have to pick one way or the other. I don't think you can build a business or grow it without it at all. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I it's like, yes, you, you're going to like, at least learn the basics and the concepts of it, because then whoever you're working with, you can actually like help them and direct them. Because I think at least for me, I sometimes, I feel like sometimes companies come to us to sort of figure out what their marketing is as in like their whole mm-hmm. brand strategy. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, we don't do that. Like we can, but like, that's a lot more money and that's not yeah. what you're paying us. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's sometimes like knowing what you, the founder needs to sort of lead and think about so yeah i think uh yeah i think a marketing agency can help with like campaigns and stuff but 
you still need to be the one like directing, like, how do you want the company to look like? How, what's the yeah. voice should be? Uh, yeah. I know sometimes we work with some brands. Uh, we used to at least like, Oh, like, so what's like your colors? You're like, Oh, I don't know. Can you guys think of colors for us? And I was like, Oh God, like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know how this, I know how this relationship's going to turn out. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I, I call that like, um, designing by process of elimination. Uh, you're never in an awesome position when you're doing that. Um, and I, this, you're hitting on like one of my favorite, (laughs) I could do episode after episode on just why having your brand is so important. And like going in, if you're not going to work with a branding agency and you're, but you're going to work with, and you want to outsource, things like social media advertising, you absolutely, like you have to have your brand locked tight walking into that relationship. Otherwise, like, you know, the agency is going to do the best they can with this very like vague process or, you know, vague idea of what you want to be, but it's never, it's not going to resonate with you as the person like paying for those services. And if it doesn't resonate with you, then it's not going to resonate with your ideal customer. So like you have, you just, you have to have a good brand in place to make your marketing successful. And I think sometimes people just jump straight to, I'm going to market my business and they forget that like you have to build a whole brand. So side note, if you are, are you (laughs) listening to this episode? I, almost all of my beginning podcasts are about building your brand when you're starting out, because I truly think that it's like one of the most important things you can have in your pocket as a business owner is a brand that's locked tight. Yeah. And another thing too, it's like when people work with agencies or any sort of freelancer contract, it's like, I tell them like, like, we're not like a magic bullet. Like we're Mm -hmm. not, we don't, we are trying to figure out if it's going to work for you, but if you don't even know yourself, it's going to work, then uh, and the reason why, like, so for at least for us, when I tell founders, it's like, I, I always tell founders, like, figure out, do some Facebook ads, do some Google ads, try to see if you can get customers yourself. Because yeah. if, if yourself, you can, and you know, you know, the product more than what an agency will ever know, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, if yep. you can't figure it out, that means we can't figure it out either because we <laughs> don't know, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, the, and the reason I tell founders to do this is because sometimes, like when we were much smaller, we would get, we would get companies like this. And then they were like, no, my product doesn't suck. You guys suck. I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So it's like, okay. Like maybe a product and that's because they've never done it themselves. They're like, no, like you just can't figure it out yourself. I'm like, well, like, you know, you don't know if it works either. Like they're like, no, I know it works. They're like, but that's all in their head. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's, that is, um, another thing that I, I talk about on a consistent basis is that like your marketing marketing is built off of knowing your business, right? So like if you have separated and kind of divorced your marketing from your business goals and the things that you need to accomplish, like tangible numbers, your marketing's not going to be successful. Like if I don't walk into an agency relationship, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm working with you at Voy and I come and I'm like, I have no idea what I need to accomplish and I have no idea what my brand is, like, of course, I'm going to think you guys suck, but at the end of the day, like it's me as a business owner, not doing my homework and not knowing exactly what I need out of that relationship and, and advocating for it. And it's not an, it's not a freelancer or an agency's job to figure that out for you. Like yeah. that is your responsibility as a business owner. Yeah. So 
speaking of, of agencies and freelancers, there's a lot of them out there that kind of, they promise these big results when it comes to digital marketing, which isn't necessarily untrue, but it can seem really glamorous when you're first exploring the idea of digital marketing to like have this amazing growth right off the bat. And, you know, I think we've, we've really kind of talked in depth about how you have really great growth, but for someone who's interested in using the strategies that you're talking about and that you use at VOI, do you have any buyer beware advice when it comes to outsourcing this? Or if you choose to DIY it, like buyer beware, what would you say? I'd say, yeah, I would say some things to, to think about too are just people. I, I mean, some people do this like thing nowadays where it's, it's like, Hey, like I won't charge you. I, all I need is like a free case study. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's kind of not a good way to do it. Cause I think like if people are really good, they know they want to get paid for their work. Yeah. Um, so for us, for example, for here, boy, we never do any of those. Like, Hey, like I only pay you when you make me a sale. I'm like, nah, I don't, that's mm-hmm. not how, that's not mm-hmm. how, like, that's how I do work business here. So I, I tell people like, be skeptical of that stuff because I don't know, like if they're really good, I tell them like, I mean, everybody knows if, if something's worth money, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so like the best restaurants are never like, Hey, if you like my food, maybe pay me. Right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, that's how things work. Yeah. So, when I was a bartender in college, yeah. I had a girl, um, she was super intoxicated, but she did try to tell me that she would taste the drink first and let me know if she wanted to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's really good advice. And I think, you know, if you are starting out though, and you're, you do need somebody to test your, test your stuff out, like find, find friends and family, because I think that testing process and kind of understanding, you know, does my offer at least, you know, for me, I think about when I was tr- trying to kind of think through, okay, what what does authentic look like? What do I offer? What does the process look like? I tested it out on my friends who were totally fine getting free marketing advice from yeah. me, but I would not, I, I totally agree, I would not have like gone out and um, tried to kind of solicit people that I didn't know and say like, hey, I'll do this for yeah. free for you because I I've and I've had phone calls, especially like um, with some SEO companies who are like, hey, you know, you don't pay us until you start seeing results. And I'm always like, no, I'm out. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you've got going on. And that sounds very appealing. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. Like people who have a really good, solid, reputable process know that it has value and, and charge that for you. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's something to be thinking about. And of course, like some, some they, in the rare case that you find somebody that's really good, then great. But that's like an exception, not the rule. Yeah, totally. So shifting gears just slightly, I think it's really cool to hear stories of people who grow their businesses quickly. And you've obviously had a ton of success throughout your career, starting companies, growing them. But we all know that's not necessarily the case for everyone. So what are the strategies that you use? And I'm curious to see um, <laughs> kind of what your answer is to this. Like, what are the key strategies that you use to grow? You had your, your cleaning business, you've got Voy. How'd you grow them? For me, uh, number one thing I always tell people, SEO. Like I love yeah. SEO. I love content marketing. And that's how I've grown all my companies. It's 
It's for me, it's what I think I invest most of my time in, most of my resource in is in SEO and learning SEO. I read, I keep up with all the latest SEO news, like what's going on with Google, with console. I make sure that I try to just make the perfect website, Um, great Mm -hmm. H1s, H2 tags, great content. Um, I have a lot of copy content writers. I I use this company called like Writer Access for content. They're really good. So I always always tell people they're expensive, but um, it's like $150 an article, but they write really well. You don't have to think about it. Um, At least for me. Yeah. So that's, that's my number one thing I do. And of course, it's also just like funnels, making great funnels. Like obviously I have my book, so that's like a funnel to bring in new customers. So thinking about like all these resources or things that you can make around your business to sort of get customers to know your brand. So the book is also helpful for that too, um, where people buy it on Amazon and then like, like, you know, they're not, it's a, it's a very beginner book. And I know that they're probably not ready for boy media, but at least they're getting to know uh, Kevin, who I am. And then also boy. And then, um, uh, YouTube as well. We do a lot of content marketing there. So like I said before, kind of was before, it's, it's a very long-term play, uh, but we know that people are learning. And then six months from now, let's say you have like a hundred people that watch a video about something. Right. Like, like anything, 99% of them would fail, but that one person's like, oh, I learned something. Like, I want to go work yeah. with you guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. No, that's kind of, that was the thought behind starting my podcast. I was like, I need a way to just kind of introduce people to my expertise and my thought process and things like that. Um, and most of my listeners listen and maybe never contact me, but there are some that reach out and are like, Hey, you know, I've heard you and I've, I like what I'm hearing and it's just a, a good way. So I think, you know, if you're starting out, you have to think of, like you said, those ways where how can somebody get to know you, get to know your product, your expertise, and you can kind of build that trust that, when they are ready to invest in whatever it is, they're, they're thinking of you and they're coming in and saying, okay, I've listened to this guy. I've read his book. I follow him on social media. He's smart and I'm ready to work with him. And yeah. And that's exactly it too. Like similar to you, like with my podcast, not everybody reaches out, but people like, like people like watch you on Twitter, like, Oh, I really like your book. I'm like, Oh, it's like, Oh, interesting. Like, Oh, I didn't even know. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that people buy it. It's like, it's, like <laughs> yeah. it's so weird. It's like, oh yeah, people are buying it. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So to piggyback off of this, the last question, what kind of investment does it take to deploy the strategies you're talking about? And what advice would you give someone who doesn't have a budget? Yeah. So if you don't have a budget, I would say like, let's say you want to do paid, paid traffic or anything with like paid stuff. I tell people like, you need to think about it as an investment, of course, but like at least minimum is like you need at least five to ten k in some sort of budget, right? Mm-hmm. To think about mm-hmm. it, at least something. Um, it, it sometimes it requires more money. Like so, yeah. let's say let's say you have a a product that costs a thousand dollars, right? That's gonna be more. That's gonna require more budget than a product that costs fifty dollars, just because right. you need more conversions and more data um, to see. But if you don't have a budget, which is I, if you don't have a budget, this is why I tell people I do SEO because yeah. you don't need a budget. You use literally your own time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why, that's, that's why I did SEO because I didn't have a budget. And I was like trying to look at it. I was Googling how to make, how to get traffic for free. Right. So, like, <laughs> yeah. right? so it's like, okay, right. yeah, yeah. Try to get traffic for free. Like look up all that stuff that you could, you could potentially do and use it to your advantage. Um, and so that's what I did. I, I think SEO is a great one. Um, but I knew, I knew it was going to take a long time, but once it hits, I was like, wow, I, I really like it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, but like, if you know that you can't do SEO, then you really need to be thinking about like 
what are other channels out there that have traffic, right? So, there, and there's mm-hmm. the thing about it too. It's like, think about everything else. Like Amazon's a great traffic site. There's Etsy, yeah. there's Craigslist, right? Yeah. So for Pinterest, Pinterest, yep. There's so mm-hmm. many of these like sources out there. Like, don't just think of Facebook as the only thing out there. Yeah. There's some of the other places out there. Like, even for me, for my maid company, um, the way we found cleaners and uh, was Craigslist. We would put job listings yeah. up there and we just say, hey, oh, we need a cleaner, we'll pay them. So that's what we did. Um, and then we also did that too for finding our first few jobs because people would post on there like, hey, I'm looking for a cleaning service. So then we would, um, we would email those people. And the, yeah. reason, the reason why I, d- I knew that was because back when I was in college, remember I told you I had that like agency? That's yeah. how I found my clients. I was like, oh, let me just like, it's like all these stuff that you just do like mm-hmm. kind of like sometimes connects I'm like oh yeah i did this like it kind of it worked so let me go do that again right so yeah it's like sometimes like one project necessarily doesn't even work but the next one you're kind of learning all this stuff and you're like and it kind of comes back to you i'm like oh what was i doing before I was like, okay cool and it's like oh, let me just try it where so it wasn't like afraid to try it i was like oh i knew it worked before let me just do it again yeah no totally i think it's and i think kind of your answer really illustrates like something that I say often, which is like, you, you kind of have to just pick, there's a ton of marketing strategies out there and you need to find ones that work for you with the budget that you have right now. Like you talk about learning SEO and, and as somebody who like managed an SEO company in the corporate world and understands, you know, like I know, I know like the technical aspect of SEO, but I was like, oh my God, I just, I tried and I was like, this is not working for me, you know? And so for me, I said, you know what, I'm going to take what marketing budget I do have and I'm going to pay somebody to do SEO, but there's lots of other things that I was confident in learning Pinterest and social media advertising and LinkedIn and things like that, um, that I took and I ran with, you know? So I think regardless of where you're at, everybody has a, a different approach and you just have to find the one that, that works for you and, and run with it. Exactly. Um, yep. And then like, just give it enough time and don't yeah. switch to the next like channel. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Marketing, if I could reiterate one thing, marketing, you are in the long haul when you are marketing your business. So it, you're not going to have... A marketing strategy that works in two weeks that allows you to hop to the next one. Yeah. So for sure. Uh, so obviously COVID has had a huge impact on businesses and I, I love digital marketing because you can directly measure it and understand your marketing investment, which when you're starting out and you're an early business, I think is really important because otherwise you tend to think that like your marketing is not working because you can't, you can't measure things like a TV ad or a postcard as well as you can measure digital marketing. So what shifts are you seeing in the digital marketing landscape right now and how can founders and small businesses capitalize on them? Yeah. So really what we're seeing the sort of shift in this digital marketing landscape right now is that all these platforms such as Facebook, Google, they want to make it easier for us as marketers and businesses to sort of track more of the money that they're making. So, and the reason why is because they just make so much money on them. So um, I think for, for our small business owners, and it really, I was like, going back to like just digital marketing landscape is as a small business owner, it's like capitalize on all the new platforms coming out there, such as, for example, TikTok's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like if, and that's kind of how I did it for the maid company. When I was doing 
uh, SEO, the Google Maps listings just came out. So that allowed me to be like the top three. And that gave me a lot of business really early on. And that made me like realize, oh, this is pretty interesting. Um, but anyways, look at platforms that are coming out. So just TikTok and try to go on them. Because the reason why I say that is because platforms like TikTok, they're not really um, capitalizing on like digital marketing ads yet. They're yeah. really capitalizing on organic traffic. So your organic traffic on these platforms is so high compared to anything you could ever do on Facebook and Instagram. And I tell people, just think about it, how it was five, six years ago, Facebook and Instagram, you can post something, you got thousands of likes. Now you can barely get a hundred likes. Right. Um, so yeah, it's like these platforms after a while, they take away that organic sort of growth and then really focus on the paid. And that's when it gets started getting expensive. Yeah. So think about how can you, especially going back to like, if you have no budget, right, go to these platforms that you can get tons and tons of growth and just make these funny or viral videos about your products or how you're doing things and, and capitalize on them. So uh, that's one thing I always tell people, it's look at stuff that's growing and then seeing how you can sort of put yourself into that conversation. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that, that's probably my biggest, biggest one uh, no. for now. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So any final thoughts or comments you want to add? Things we haven't touched on. I feel like we've covered a ton. Um, no, I think I always tell people like my biggest thing is, is just think about digital marketing as like a mindset of like, you're trying to learn and get better. And if, if this is going to be a really big part of your business, I tell people like, you should try to learn it as much as you can, because yeah. it's going to be so impactful for your business. And I, you don't really want to rely on another company. Yes. Our agencies are, us are great, but really you don't really want to rely on them to grow your business. And you want to, you eventually want to build some sort of expertise in house. And then yeah. use an agency like us or another company to just supplement that. And at least for us, we do that with a lot of brands. It's we work with their marketing department, um, and then they we work together to sort of shift ideas and and concepts. And it's like, okay, great, this works well together. But going back to what you said before, they already know what their brand is. They already know their voice. We're here to sort of like amplify and make it better. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so final thing, like, where can listeners find you? How do they connect with you? Go ahead and plug away. Yeah. So people want to email me just Kevin at voidmedia.com or just void media, but I'm also on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash Danis, D-A-N-E-S-T. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I have really loved connecting with another marketing person and kind of hearing your thoughts. I just, I get super nerdy about marketing. And so it's been a super fun conversation and I really genuinely appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. I had fun too. Man, I am so pumped about this episode. Like I said, it's super nerdy talking to other marketing people. So it was a ton of fun for me to have Kevin on and have such a great conversation. I hope you got a lot out of it as well. There's no silver bullet in marketing. And as you can see, there's more than one way to get the job done. So no matter how you're planning to attack marketing your business, there's a lot to think about and tons of resources out there to help you get it done. Thank you for listening. I'm always glad to have you here. And if you liked today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help other women like you find this podcast. Until next time.